Welcome to episode 108 of the Fertility Podcast. My name is Natalie Silverman and I'm your host. And if this is your first listen to the podcast, I hope that you found it having not got too overwhelmed with all the information that's out there. This podcast is for you if you are in a place where you're trying to have a baby and it's not happening. You might have a family already. This might be your first venture into becoming a parent and it's just not been straightforward. So I talk to all sorts of experts as well as people sharing their stories uh, about fertility treatment about natural fertility, about male infertility, about all sorts of things that affect you on your route to parenthood. So if um, this is your first listen, do have a look at thefertilitypodcast.com or maybe you found me on iTunes and have a little look around. There's over 100 episodes. And this episode is talking about grants that are available for you if you're based in uh, America. It's amazing what they've created. Do have a listen. So I'm now going to welcome... Pamela Hirsch, who is the co-founder of BabyQuest. It's a foundation which, it's a fascinating organisation in that Pamela will explain more, but what the foundation does is uh, gives financial help for people seeking infertility treatment. So I'm going to welcome Pamela to explain how it came to be. Welcome to the podcast, Pamela. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me as your guest. Well, it's lovely to speak to you. So let's talk a little bit about how you came to to launch the foundation, because I know it's a very personal story relating to your daughter. So just tell me what happens. Well, in 2001, I had sold another business completely unrelated to anything connected with fertility. It was an educational test prep company, a national company that I was a part of. And at that time, our daughter, who was then 28, started to try to have children. And we saw her go through an early miscarriage, which you figure is just routine. It happens at least one out of every four pregnancies. You don't give it much thought. And then there were the months of Clomid, then the intrauterine inseminations or IUIs, none of which were successful. Then she and her husband moved on to in vitro fertilization. And they went through that process, I believe, three or four times, I believe it was four. And each time she got pregnant, each time at eight weeks or seven or eight weeks, they heard a heartbeat. And at nine weeks, the heartbeat was gone. And I can tell you just about every place where I was, either in the car, walking down the street, meeting with a friend, where I was when she called to tell me that there was no baby anymore. Mm. And after that, she and her husband, at our suggestion, sought a second opinion. And that doctor, after running some tests, realized and told her that she could never carry her a child to delivery, that she had a uterus that was so severely bicorneate or divided into two parts that neither part could sustain a pregnancy. So although she could create fantastic eggs and the two of them could create fantastic embryos, they, she could not carry. So that, and that really opened this, the case for our suggesting that she and her husband hire a surrogate, which she did. We were able to financially help them with that. We were in a very good position. We were completely blessed. She and her husband had a child via surrogacy. That child will now be eight this January, and they have proceeded to have a second child via surrogacy who is now four, two daughters. And that made me realize the complete 
insurmountable expense of gestational surrogacy and even in vitro fertilization and the fact that there are very few if any organizations or charities that are helping with that. Before we talk about the Baby Crest Foundation and what you've now achieved, just when you were talking through the different processes that your daughter was going through, you sounded really clued up. Am, am I right to assume that you were learning on the job, so to speak, and that each time she presented you with this is what we're trying now, you had to go and understand what that meant? Or were there other people in your world or in your daughter's world who were going through treatment so you had a point of reference? I had no point of reference. Right. I think the closest point of reference I had, which is really non non-existent is the fact that in my former career one of the courses that we had run for the Princeton Review which I was a part of was an MCAT course how to get students into med school and that's about the closest I had ever come to medicine and I basically knew nothing so this is complete learning on the job I didn't know what the fertility drugs were I didn't know the companies that produced them I didn't know what a blastocyst was I have increased my technical vocabulary a thousand times (laughs) and I'm always interested in learning more and I have one particular doctor fertility specialist who is one of our board members and he can tell you he can attest to the fact that I use him as my medical dictionary and my encyclopedia and I will always ask him questions to learn more because I think that's important. So as you just explained, your your daughter has now had two children through a surrogate. And I have done a podcast series about a surrogacy charity in the UK, and it's a very different setup in the US to the UK. So do you want to just then explain a bit about how it works and the kind of monies involved um, and, and then how the foundation has, has, I suppose, come to be? Well, as far as a surrogacy agency, I am actually not the best person to give that information. that's what your daughter's now know. set up, hasn't she? Exactly. Yeah. My daughter left her job as a TV executive because after the first child, there was just too much travel involved in her job. She went to work for an existing surrogacy agency as a caseworker. That agency later decided to close its doors, and she and one of the other women there co-founded a surrogacy agency located in Los Angeles called Abundant Beginnings, and they actually have clients all over the world. The way surrogacy works is an intended parent or a parent who is not able to conceive is matched with a woman who is in good health, has had successful pregnancies, um, and is willing to carry a child for another couple. And the costs are humongous, I guess is the best word. I would say that now a surrogacy with no issues is averaging $140,000. Wow. And yes, (laughs) it's costly and there is no insurance coverage one of in fact one of the more difficult aspects of surrogacy here in the united states is making sure that the surrogate has health insurance and many health insurance companies their policies do not cover surrogacy so that is an additional cost plus every other cost you have to have an attorney for the intended parents. You have to have a a separate attorney for the surrogate. The contracts have to be worked out. 
Um, it's a very ironclad procedure as long as it's done correctly and with the appropriate agency or legal people advising you. And I feel very badly when you see horror stories of people getting ripped off from from not good agencies or they have horrible surrogacy stories. And unfortunately, a lot of times you just hear the bad things rather than the good things. And I look at my two granddaughters and see the most wonderful, think of the most wonderful two women who carried each granddaughter. And I have nothing but good things to say about the process when done correctly, other than the expense. Sure. I mean, I've sat at a table with a group of surrogates and was just completely humbled about how they were just on this journey to help a family complete and how they described that feeling when they saw the intended parent, you know, meet the baby. And they are remarkable women, but it is a very, very different setup in the United States to the UK. I don't know whether you know much about it. It's all altruistic in the UK, apart from expenses. And it's all about friendship. It's a very different setup. Obviously, there's the whole legality side, but we're not going to talk in depth about the surrogacy aspect, because what we want to talk about is Baby Quest and how you have created these grants to enable couples to afford the treatment. So let's just talk a little bit about that because first and foremost, and this podcast is an international podcast, but both citizens need to be US citizens as a, as a starting point to how you work. And and just talk me through some of the way that you, you do help people. They do not have to be citizens. They have to be permanent residents right. Sorry, of the United mistake. States. Okay. The way we do this is has become my passion. And what we are trying to do is to grant financial assistance to those who either have exhausted all their funds with unsuccessful previous procedures, several IVFs that have not worked, for example, or people who just are hardworking, generally two-income families that absolutely do not have the upfront costs to embark upon generally in, in vitro fertilization, which is generally I would say a $12,000 to $14,000 process plus the medications of $5,000. There are just so many people such as nurses, social workers, teachers, firemen, policemen, just so many types of couples or individuals who work so hard, have regular medical insurance, but their insurance covers nothing beyond the diagnosis that they are infertile. It doesn't even matter if the man has lost his fertility because of previous testicular cancer or if the woman can't produce eggs because of cancer. Nothing matters. Generally, there are just too many people who do not have insurance for fertility procedures. So therefore, it puts the strain on infertility of both emotional, physical, and financial. So you've got this kind of criteria that people have to meet before they're eligible to kind of go into this programme and, and see whether they will have the grant awarded. And, and I know that there's a time aspect to it with regards to the grant being awarded and then having to be used. And so the whole process of, I suppose, applications, do you have a waiting list? Can people apply? And what's the period that they'll hear whether they're eligible and that side of it? And more Himmel from Pamela in just a moment after this note from my brilliant sponsors who make the Fertility Podcast possible. The Fertility Podcast is supported by Ovusense. If you're trying to monitor your cycle and finding it overwhelming, Ovusense is the only ovulation monitor on the market that is a class two medical device. 
It has a vaginal sensor and app and fits like a tampon, so it's really easy to use and comfortable to wear. Now, you use it at night while you sleep, and then in the morning, you simply remove, wash it, and download your data to see your cycle pattern. Now, OvuSense has proven comfortable for women in over 10,000 cycles of use and can predict ovulation up to a day in advance and can confirm it with 99% accuracy. To find out more, visit ovisense.com. The Fertility Podcast is also supported by IVF Matters, the UK's first online fertility clinic where you can order tests delivered to your door, have scans at multiple locations and speak to consultants in the comfort of your own home. It's a truly unique way to experience your fertility journey and you can find out more at ivfmatters.co.uk. We award grants twice a year. We right. have two deadlines. One is November 15th, so it's coming up quickly. And the next one will be May, I believe, the 23rd. We haven't set the exact date, but generally it's around then in May. Okay, so the 15th is in a couple of days' time, so people need to get to the website. We'll put all the details of the website on the show notes for this episode so people can find out uh, how to go about applying. Just talk me through how that process of when they'll find out works. People can apply anytime. We have already received some applications for the November deadline. We anticipate getting a flood of mail in the next two weeks. Um, yes, we receive several hundred applications each cycle. And then the work begins, our work. So for the next four to six weeks after all the applications are in, there are committees that meet. There is a committee of board members who are non-medical people. Of, for example, financial advisors who look over the financial aspects, women's health advocates, women who have gone through assisted reproduction themselves, attorneys, family formation attorneys who are familiar with the legalities of all the process of egg donation, of sperm donation, of embryo donation, and so forth. And then after a lot of vetting is done, we turn a group of applications over to our doctors, a team of doctors on our board. And the doctors look at the medical portion of the application. And this involves a medical evaluation form, the same form for everybody. It's found in our application. And the individual physicians of those who are applying complete the form. And after, I would say, four to six weeks, we arrive at a group of recipients. And there are some extra questionnaires which we send out just to verify that we're making the right decision. And then we inform those who have been selected as grant recipients. And yes, it's competitive, but as some people ask, well, is it really worth it? Am I ever going to get this? If you asked any of the 70 families or 70 couples or singles who we've awarded, to whom we've awarded grants, if you've asked any of them, is this worth it? They would certainly tell you that the few hours it took them to put together an application and the $50 application fee made it completely worthwhile because they received the opportunity to pursue parenthood. As you were saying, the grant deadline is only a few days away. Sometimes it's very difficult to find out about BabyQuest or anything like this and have two days or three days to in which to get your stuff together to get things in. Sure. There will be another deadline. And 
I know it's hard when people are so anxious and so desperate to start, but sometimes it's better to take your time and submit the very best paperwork possible rather than rushing. And not that I want to discourage anybody from applying, but I always tell people, think of this as applying for college, applying for a job, applying for a scholarship. You have one chance to make a great impression and you want to put your best foot forward. You want to write your best essay. You want to make sure your doctor gives you the paperwork in time and fills out every possible blank on the medical evaluation that he can, he or she can. Um, you want to make sure that you've filled out, out the application properly. You've included everything from your professional history, your educational history, your fertility history, and so forth. So it's just your opportunity to make the best impression. So realistically, people listening, especially if they've just downloaded this uh, on the day, because this podcast has come out at the beginning of the week, they probably haven't got the time. But actually, it's the awareness building that we're looking to do because it's exactly it's a, it's a really unique foundation that you, you have created. And can you explain a bit about uh, your funding? Because I know that you're a non-profit organization. So as far as where the, the money to enable you to give these grants is coming from, can you tell me about that? Sure. When I first started this... I had gotten my 501c3 tax-exempt status. I had a very strong business background as the owner of a large company. And I sat paralyzed for about four months, not knowing what to do. And a friend said to me, well, it's almost the end of the year. A lot of people need end-of-the-year tax deductions. Why don't you send out something? And I think that got me moving, and I credit her for that. And I called in quite a few favors from friends um, whose charities I had donated to throughout the years or gone to fundraisers. And I started out with being able to give out two grants. One was for an IUI, probably $800, and the other an IVF, which did result in the birth of actually two children. And from there, we depended greatly upon individual donations. Some, uh, we have some sponsors, the two pharmaceutical companies who are major players in this industry, EMD Serrano and Faring Pharmaceuticals are very supportive in, in giving us grant money and in providing medications for many of our recipients. We thrive on individual donations we have some fundraisers. We've had a couple galas throughout the years. And through the miraculous gift of generosity, we have given out just a little over $950,000 in cash and wow. cash equivalents. That's meaning amazing. Doctor, thank you. Doctor discounts and negotiated legal fees and medications and money. And when I look back on it and see that we now have awarded 70 grants. We have 51 babies with nine more on the way. And it was probably one of the most remarkable experiences for me when I traveled to Columbus, Ohio. I live in Los Angeles and I had always, or I had several times, I had met many of the Southern California recipients. I've had them over for events to my house. I've met their babies. Um, I've gone to baby showers. And I had never met all of the other people who I've emailed throughout the years who have thanked me so much for their 
opportunity to have children. And I went to Columbus, Ohio recently in October, and we had a luncheon with all the, I believe there were six recipients from the Ohio, Indiana area. And I got to meet them. Then I went on to the East Coast in Philadelphia, and I was so honored to meet, I believe, seven more couples um, who are grant recipients. Two were sitting there pregnant, one almost ready to deliver, the other one to deliver in January. And all the other babies, we were covered by one of the local TV affiliates. And you'll, you can see a lot of the pictures from that, from both of those events on our website. And it was so amazing to know who these people were from their pictures and to see them walk in and know who they were without even their telling me their names. I knew exactly who they were, what their stories were, when their children were conceived. And it was truly a remarkable two events. And I'm only hoping that in the future, we'll have groups of recipients in different areas, and they'll be able to gather and meet one another, discuss their fertility journeys, and just share the way they became a family. Well, I hope so too, because it's a really special thing. And I'm sat looking at your recipients page. And just to make it clear, I mean, there's there's straight couples, there's gay couples, there's there's single women. So it's it's down to the application and to show where you're at. It's not your setup as far as how the grants are allocated. Right. And one of the things that I am very proud about is the fact that when I first started BabyQuest, there were certain principles or rules, if you want to call them, that I insisted upon. One is that we be inclusive, um, including same-sex couples and singles and heterosexual couples, that we be diverse with every aspect from geography to ethnicity, that couples be able to pursue treatment with their own doctors as long as they were seeing a certified specialist in their area so that they did not have to incur extra travel charges. Another thing that they did not have to fundraise for us in anticipation of possibly getting a grant. Um, They do not have to pay anything back as well. And the gratitude of both the recipients and the parents, the grandparents. We had two sets of grandparents who came to the Philadelphia um, meeting or event. And to have one of them hug me and start to cry and say that without BabyQuest, she would never have become a grandmother. And being a grandmother of four, I completely, I could understand that. So it's... It's a lovely thing. It's it's very rewarding. And I can see quite a few pictures of twins. Do you know how many twins you've got in your 70 grants? There must be at least six. I have never counted them. Right. Five or six. But I know that... Twins are not easy, and some people think, oh, I'm going to have twins, and that's wonderful. But, in fact, we we just had one of our recipients who is a local woman pregnant with twins, um, went into premature labor at 20 weeks, spent 10 weeks in the hospital on bed rest, had the babies. They were, I believe, almost three and almost four pounds. They were actually, they did so well. They stayed in the hospital for 10 more weeks and they are home now, which is absolutely amazing. 
So this is your world. I mean, it sounds like you've got tabs on everybody, you know, exactly what's going on with everybody. And I mean, I think it's a phenomenal thing and I, I wish you the best of luck with it all. I'm going to put all the details of the website and everything on the show notes. And like we've said, I mean, this podcast is going out mid-November 2017. And as Pamela's explained, there is a deadline on the 15th. If you're listening to this and it's passed, you'll hear Pamela explain. Just listen back. Don't fret. There will be a, another deadline. And like I say, the details of the website will be available for you to take your time and to make this a really valuable and accurate application well Pamela thank you thank you for your time and thank you for what you and your daughter have created together so you're working together with your different companies with her surrogacy agency and and the baby quest foundation yes we're pretty separate actually she deals with people who have the financial ability to for this to have and, a surrogate. yes and we work with people who are mainly generally interested in in vitro fertilization right. but we do some surrogacy as well so there is that but connection definitely. i suppose if people yes. need but it's predominantly the fertility treatment and there is also the opportunity for people to donate on the websites if, if from hearing this they want to donate as well which is great pamela thank you and enjoy the rest of your day it's been really lovely chatting to you thank you you too thank you bye goodbye Do go and have a look at the show notes for this episode, which are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash babyquest. And you'll find all of Pamela's details. And I'm going to put a link to an episode I did with a UK-based company. If you're having to sell funds, they help you with finance packages. So I hope you found that useful. And if, like I said at the start, this is your first listen to The Fertility Podcast, do sign up at thefertilitypodcast.com website. There's a newsletter there and you can subscribe in iTunes. And feel free to rate and review this podcast as it always helps other people find out about it the more of you that do tell me what you think and you can email me which I love it when you just tell me that you might have found a little snippet of information that's helped you along your journey my email is natalie at the fertilitypodcast.com and one more thing I want to tell you about if you're listening to this and you work in the fertility world uh, maybe you're a blogger I am launching a really exciting directory in the new year if you visit the ultimatefertilityguide.com you can put in your details to register your interest because this is going to be a one stop shop where you can be listed depending on what it is you do if you're a coach or maybe you're listening and you work in a clinic or maybe like I said you're a blogger and there's also going to be live streamed content so you will have access to question and answer sessions with experts from all over the world about all sorts of fertility issues So I'm really excited about it and I really want you to be a part of it if you are working within the fertility world. Now the other end of it is it's a course for you if you're wanting to find out more about fertility issues. I try to do what I can to give you information with this podcast but I know that there's so many more questions that you probably have so I'm hoping that this will be a place that you know you can come to and there will be people there to answer your questions. Now if you're listening to this podcast post January 2018 you're thinking I want to be a part of that then just visit it again at theultimatefertilityguide.com and you can get listed so i hope all of this is really interesting for you thank you again for your support and until the next time 